People need people. We've always needed people, we always will need people, and I think it's like a drastic shock. Welcome to Conversations in Isolation, a podcast that brings the intimacy of conversation against the backdrop of social distancing. Together we talk with interesting people, telling the stories you haven't heard from the places you can't go, to bridge the void of social isolation. Hi, my name's Neve, and for this episode I'm speaking with Patrick to gain some insight into the plight of the dance music industry during the lockdown period. Hi, I'm Patrick Blay. Um, I'm a DJ and producer uh, from Melbourne. Corona's been pretty wild. A lot of things have shut down and it's kind of um, screwed the music industry like really hard. Like a bunch of people are instantly out of jobs because it's a gig economy. So there's just a lot of people like struggling. I mean, I know a lot of people around Australia are struggling for jobs, but especially people in the gig economy who are looking for extra cash just wherever they can find it. Do you think there's been, like, you know, how you're saying that there's a lot of people across the country who are struggling for jobs and obviously there's, like, different payment options and, like, payment plans and support for that. Do you think there's been enough support towards people in the music industry in that same way? There actually hasn't been much at all for the people in the music industry. I think just in general the gig economy has been very left out of all the um the payments and... uh just support like uh, stimulus checks and job seeker. I know there was like a um, there was a couple of gig economy stimulus and welfare bills that were going to be passed but didn't pass. So everyone's really just trying to do charity and just trying to um, support each other by releasing like different COVID nineteen music releases or or making merch and just trying to like make any sort of money they can from home as opposed to, you know, playing out in nightclubs, doing live gigs, stuff like that. Do you feel like the approach to fundraising during like Corona has been similar to that um, that happened during the bushfires? Like how people are kind of, I guess, on a grassroots level creating and fundraising and stuff for the various issues? Yeah, I reckon we had a really good test run with uh, the bushfires like the um music industry like really made quite a few um quite quite a few dollars for the people affected by the bushfires so i guess people are pretty much doing the same thing but this time it's for their own sake i think there's been a lot more like home digital music sales and people tuning into live music online now instead of um you know going out to venues and stuff like that so it's actually been pretty good and do you think, I guess it's kind of, there's a disparity there in that the government isn't putting as much money or time or care into the music industry at now when they need it, given that it has like such a good track record of fundraising for, yeah, stuff like the bushfires or then doing it themselves. Like, do you think that that's kind of a, like a gap in understanding on the government's part of what role the music industry plays in the bigger economy? Yeah, I think the government really misses the point. The music industry is such a massive industry. It's like hundreds of billions of dollars, oh, hundreds of millions, sorry, <laughs> um, every year in revenue. And to like cease all funding from it, it's really difficult for arts in Australia to like to actually survive. Like most people have to have a second job simply because the funding and the um, restrictions on music and art in Australia, it's like really hard to, you know, get off your feet. So if they had a more open approach, then it would just make it a lot easier for musicians. How does that make you feel about the future of the music scene, particularly 
coming once we eventually, whenever it is, because I think there's like three new theories every day as to when this is going to end. But like <laughs> whenever it happens to be, how are you feeling about, yeah, what's going to happen to the music scene when the social distancing laws get relaxed? I think it'll be a few months until we can start seeing pubs, clubs and music venues open up again and especially music festivals as well. I already know of two local festivals that have been bankrupt because of COVID. They were meant to play during this and now it's been cancelled and they don't have enough money to do it again next year. So they're going to be screwed if they don't get any you know, government assistance. A lot of people are thinking that the music scene is going to bounce back like it was before COVID. But I might actually have a little bit of a negative outlook and think that no one's really going to have disposable income after this. So it might be a bit of a slow start, especially Australia's um, border security might make it hard for international artists to come down. Does the potentially like negative short term effects, does that change at all how you approach making music? The actual process of making music has always been saying I sit at my computer and I make music with various instruments. But as I started to get more a bit, a bit techy with my uh, music, I'm like sharing files over the internet with people from Germany and different countries. And I think it's really spurred on a lot of internet collaboration uh, or just like uh, very distant collaboration with different people, which is pretty cool. So I think a lot of people might um, skill up during this time. And then once everything's open again, we might actually have a more skillful music industry. On that as well, like if things stay in isolation for an extended period of time, is that going to influence like decisions that you make regarding your music career? Yeah, I've been thinking about it because usually I make dance tracks for the club. And if people aren't in the club, <laughs> why would you make a dance track? So People still want to dance. <laughs> people still want to dance at home in their, <laughs> in their phone screens. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I've been... Uh, I've been thinking about it, um, making more home-friendly music or relaxing music, but uh, it's just a, just an idea at the moment. You could do a mind map about it maybe, do a brainstorm. Yeah, big mind map. <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy brain map. <laughs> Talking about like more people staying home, obviously people have like eight hours a day to make music. Have you also noticed an uptick in people consuming your music? I know on SoundCloud you can see stats. Has there been more people seeing at home listening? Because I know I've been like churning through way more mixes than I normally would. <laughs> yeah, it's actually nuts. So many more people are listening, buying and sharing music online at the moment because no one has anything to do. So they're just sitting at home listening to music that they like while they scroll the internet or something. And no one's spending money on beers or like club entry or anything anymore. So people want to buy things online. Like online shopping is going nuts. And I guess online music purchasing is going nuts as well. Like it's um, it's actually pretty good at the moment compared to before. But it's still not like, you know, world ending cash. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's just a little bit more. Do you reckon, wait, let me phrase this in a more like doomsday scenario. Will, is this going to kill the music scene? Nah, I don't think so. I think it'll encourage a uh, more local scene and like inspiration for better music. I don't really think the music scene can die. There's always been just different fluctuations of of genres and, and music. But I think the work that we've spent the last four years building up on, on electronic music in Melbourne, might have been set back like a little bit more than how long this COVID thing has been for. So maybe like set it back six months. 
Okay. Because there's going to be a whole generation of 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds who haven't had a year of going out and experiencing these things. I wanted to say, I've written down in my notes, a glorious public renaissance. I I think the first night that opens in Melbourne will be pretty nuts. Yeah. If I don't hear Waiting for Tonight by Jennifer Lopez on (laughs) repeat, I'm going to go back inside. I think that's I think that's it. All right. Thanks so much uh, for joining me. I know it took a lot of time out of your schedule. I did. I did. Thank you. No worries. Thank you very much. Thanks again to Patrick for coming on. Hopefully we get to hear some of his tracks on a dance floor soon. On our next episode, Monica interviews Melbourne slash NAM-based visual artist Molly Rose Stevenson as they chat about the artist's COVID-19-inspired online exhibition as well as her personal struggles as an isolated creator. Just trying to keep busy, making works from home, making sure I'm still reading and being informed. But it has helped. It's just been, you know, a bit... Just, it's just hard. It's just hard. There's yeah. fluffing around it. It's just difficult. Conversations in Isolation is produced by RMIT Media and Profcom students. We're working from home using laptops, phones, and sometimes even a microphone if we're lucky. Music is by Melbourne musician Liam Matum, and you can find us on your favourite podcasting app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Isolation Convos.